eat everything on the pig except the squeal. This set's nuts. I don't know how I feel about it. Oh, I think this set is very fucking powerful. But not powerful in the sense like Oko was powerful. Because, like, one, Oko's boring. And two, Oko's busted. Yeah, Oko's ridiculous. He's yeah, so dumb. This set is super powerful, but in ways that are really, Different. really cool. So, I thought of a good intro. What's the intro? I call, first of all, I call Dibs on Ferris Bueller. And then Cameron Fry, his friend. Oh, that's a good one. Since but I also, Sly I also already wrote the... Oh, well, go fuck yourself. Because <laughs> I want to get you fired up. Oh, go fuck yourself. I already know what you're going to do. I don't know what you're talking about. Something mocks Opal. I don't, nope, I would never do that. All right, let's roll. That doesn't seem like something I would ever do. That seems exactly what you're going to do. <laughs> well, only time will tell. What is up, you cat soldier creature tokens? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I am your host, a Karn without a target, Tyler. And joining me, as always, is a salty affinity player, Matt. Matt, what? You're a cunt. I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> I knew you were going to do it. I mean, you know, you, you saw it coming. I'm the saltiest of boys. You really, really are. You are not very pleased with, <laughs> with how this week has, has unraveled. No, not not in the slightest. There were definitely some moves and some shakes. <laughs> two the two thirds didn't fuck up. One third fucked up. I mean, that's still sixty six percent. That's passing. No, it's not. Not at all. <laughs> isn't a isn't a sixty failure? No, it's like a sixty four is a failure. So anything above a sixty four is a D. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's bad. I didn't know that. Is that low? Yeah. So you can be stupid and still be like still pass, still not be a failure. That's what's wrong with everything. <laughs> That's where wizards tell you. They're just like, well, people are going to either, the people are going to like two of these. And then the people who don't like, we still passed. And the people who do like it, which I follow in, they, they 100%, they aced it. Whatever test that we were giving them, they, they passed with flying colors. Well, not aced it, but yeah, they passed barely. No, oh, I think they aced it. They did a great job. Wizards, I'm very proud of. I can't even be negative about it. I can't but... be. <laughs> we're going to save that one for last. So, so yeah. we, can get, we can get beers on us before we start yelling at each other. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. First off, man, it's been a while. We totally it's, missed this week because schedules were fucky. It's definitely been a minute. Yeah. So there's been a lot of shit going down. We have the rest of Theros, like the entirety of the set. Yeah, she here. Well, we had an entire weekend of magic that we did not get to cover yet. That is very true. A very good weekend of magic. Yeah, it was a... It was a Pretty solid weekend of magic. So let's let's jump let's jump right into that one. Uh, SCG Columbus, our lovely team outing in the super fun city of Columbus. I actually have the uh, the Twitter that I replied to up and ready to fucking roll. Holy shit, you are way ahead of it. So let's go through it. Let's do a little recap of uh, kind of what we were playing and what we were doing there. Uh, like I said, SCG Columbus team event. So me, Matt, and our uh, one buddy, Mitch, we we jumped in on a team and we all played some flavor of Eldrazi because we're all bad people. Yes. So we're, what did, we're varying what degrees of bad people, but we're all bad. Tell, I'll, uh, I'll take what Mitch is playing, you take what you're playing, and then I'll I'll cover mine last. Can so I do Mitch your was deck? Playing, no, you do your deck, <laughs> dum-dum. So Mitch was playing just stock um, e-tron. So a little bit of hate. Tron lands and then big dumb Eldrazi. Was there a microsynthesis in that sideboard? There was. <laughs> no we'll get moss. to that later. 
Yeah, we will. But yeah, so that's what he was playing. Um, what were you playing? Well, I was playing um, a little bit of Eldrazi and Taxes. I mixed the bad with the good. So I did get to resolve Thalia's on occasion and play Aether Biles. But I also played Spaghetti Monsters. So the Spaghetti Monsters are the good part of that deck. That's not true. Thalia's great. Thalia won me games, um, I, I, as she does. Oh, of course. Yeah. What made you play that deck? Um, Because Spirits was bad. Uh, because Oka was really fucking good. Um, and when I heard that you and Mitch were both playing Eldrazi Temples in your deck and Thought Not Seers in your deck, I was like, well, maybe I should just do that. So I, I dusted off my my Thought Not Seers and my Eldrazi Temples and my Displacers, and I did the thing that I used to do uh, before Spirits was a thing. Fair. So I played Ban Eldrazi. I played Ban Eldrazi mainly because Once Upon a Time is a very ridiculous magic. Oh, yeah. Once Upon a Time is Boston. Yes. That and um, Eldrazi Displacer, super fucking powerful. Yeah, can confirm. You and I were... were how many Displacers did you play? Four? Four. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we, you and between you and I, we both had four copies. Yeah. And then um, Oko, obviously, is a busted magic card, and you get to play it alongside big dumb idiots. There yeah, I can't wait to where... play him in my next modern event. Yeah. I'm fine with that one. That one doesn't bug me. So I've won um, a game, just turn two Oko on the play. Good fucking luck. Yeah, just like, what do you do with that? Yeah, it's they really can't do anything about it. As they're trying to deal with the Oko, I'm playing Thought Knots and Smashers and just killing them. Yeah, four, turns out four fast and five fives can put on some amount of pressure. And a non-zero amount of pressure. Yeah, and three threes, so... That's why I chose to play that. Um, well, speaking of Once Upon Oka, a Time is super good, and Oko is yeah, Oka's obviously, obviously very powerful. Well, speaking of Oko, let's go. <laughs> let's let's just get a little review of some of the highlights from our rounds um, or lowlights, uh, which was my round one. So we sat down and we're all excited to play. We're all like, okay, let's do this. Come on, it's party time. Uh, sit down against our first opponents. Nice enough, guys. Um, uh, I sit and I'm like, just like looking through my cards at my opening hand. It's abysmal. Throw it back. Go to six. Uh, no lander. Throw it back. Go to five. I'm like, okay, it's a keepable five. If my opponent does like nothing in the first couple turns, I might be able to like draw lands and kind of maybe somehow get back in this game. Uh, my opponent who is on the draw proceeds to go uh, Ornithopter, Ornithopter, Memnite, land, uh, Ginger Brute, attack for one <laughs> and i'm like what oh no oh this is bad yeah that's a little rough yeah so that that game ended with him equipping a ginger brute with uh that one equipment the i can't remember what it's granule called plating. granule plating and just nugging me for like eight yeah guess what you could pay a nice little one colorless and can't be blocked by creatures yeah. unless they have haste definitely couldn't block that because there are zero percent creatures with haste in my in my deck that was really fun Smasher. Well, I wasn't playing Smasher in my deck. Oh, that was your problem. Yeah, well, I mean, I just can't afford it. I'm using my lands for other things. But, so I'm like, okay, I look at you guys, and I'm like, well, you guys are going to have to carry the weight, because I was like, no way I'm winning this matchup, because I wasn't even playing, like, Sony Silence against oh, Affinity. Um, so it's like, okay, well, maybe I can, like, maybe claw back <laughs> somehow. Uh, we start the next game. I go land, Aether Vial, go. My opponent goes Darksteel Citadel, Mox Opal, uh, like Ornithopter, activate or tap the Mox Opal for green, play another Mox Opal, tap it for blue, tap Dark Shell Citadel, play Oko, turn my Aether Vial into an elk. Yeah, that's rough. 
I lost that game immediately. <laughs> I yeah. got turned fucking Oko very first rat match we played at Columbus. So that set the pace for the day pretty fucking accurately. Yeah, that'll happen. See, I didn't have a problem beating Oko's because I chose a deck that I didn't really care. And if they wanted to turn my Thought Knot or something into an Oko, I blink it and just get a free card out of it. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what my deck was all about, too. Like, I was very insulated against Oko, just not on turn fucking. Fair. Yeah, I don't think any, I don't think your deck is insulated against Oko on turn one either. So. No, I think it would be um, for the mere fact of you're playing a lot smaller creatures and your game plan is much more cohesive, where mine is, hey, I'm going to play these and just bash you. You're trying to control their lands and mana. I say, okay, cool. Um, thought not. Okay, th- turn it into a 3 3. Cool. Swing. Smasher. I still I, don't think you're beating a turn one. Oak. I don't think any deck in modern would ever beat a turn one. Oak. I'm not getting into it. Unless they just like, you know, turn one, turn one, like pissing needle, naming Oko. That, that's something you could probably do. Nope. So I played against Saltai Earth, thoroughly romped him um, for the reason that seems like I said. I mean, that was one of the reasons why your deck was so good, like well positioned is because if Urza shows up in a big force, something they can apply pressure really quickly and also have some little uh, some amount of disruptive elements, you're just going to run through every Urza opponent. Well, I was playing four path, so that helps. And Displacers are pretty good against Emery um, if they never get to use it. Yeah, that seems really okay. Yeah, so I did that a couple times. The, the guy played like Engineered Explosives three different times in a game, and it just didn't fucking matter it just doesn't matter yeah 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 thought not seer is also very fucking good against that deck yeah that and path i just he played the thing played urza made a dude path the urza and blink the token and i was like okay kill you yeah as long as they like don't resolve an urza like late game then like it's really hard for them to be yes i agree yeah So, so like that seems like a good matchup yeah i have a very good Urza matchup, in my opinion, at least. Someone might be like, nope, you're a fucking idiot. And it's like, well, every time I play against Urza with Van Eldrazi, I win, so... Yeah, you heard it now, folks. For your next modern event, if you're expecting to play a lot against an Urza deck, especially if Oko's in it, make sure you yeah. play Van Eldrazi. <laughs> and then uh, Mitch played against Infect. Um, they went to game three. So you lost very quickly. I won very quickly. And Mitch um, and his opponent... Uh, he lost game one, took game two, and then got pretty smashed up by turn one oh, Glistener I Elf. I don't know how two. he stole a game from Infect. That seems like the worst matchup. Um, it's good on the play because of Chalice and uh, Warping Well. You can kind of, and uh, Spatial Contortion, you can interact with them before. Soon before as they, play they can it. kind of develop their mana. Yeah, they can protect it, but they're wasting spells to protect it. Yeah. So I still don't time. think like, that's definitely never a favored matchup. Not a favored matchup, but then again, Blast Zone also helps. There's a lot of Blast good cards in the Etron deck that are very good against. Yeah, the issue is you just have to draw them in the correct dead. order and all that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just have to not die before you get those cards, which is uh, yeah. easier said than done. So that was round one. Uh, yeah, round one was, was a big fat L. And then round two, I played my Stone Cold Worst matchup, which you was Amulet Titan. Oh yeah, yeah, you got crushed. Yes, I didn't. I think I played control that, like blue white control. You that. played blue white control, yes, oh, and you won because I, you should never ever lose that. Dinner. Yeah, I will. I will take that matchup 
all day, twice on Sundays. I'm cool with that. And then, believe it or not, Mitch drew. They went to turns and drew against Dredge of Dredge. all decks. Dredge. <laughs> God, I love it. He oh, would have yeah. won if Mitch had one more turn in the um, second second game. He would have won. But the guy exacts with uh, the fuck is that red card? Oh, the red, one red. that you do from your you could do from your graveyard. Conflagrate. Well, it is conflagrate. Yeah. So yeah, he did that, and then uh, game three, given the time. Oh yeah, what they um, had like they had two minutes left on the clock when they started game three. Yeah, Mitch yeah, would so have won that turn game. Turn and a half into it, it before yeah. turns came. Um, the dude had a pretty good hand. He had a bunch of dredgers, and Mitch just had everything to answer the dredgers when they're in the yard. Well, yeah, um, Mitch would have drawn. Like we would have been able to maybe sneak out the win, but he had the mana to be able to cast one of the narcomibas in his hand, and that produced enough blocker to make them live through the like the final attack on like turn five which was mitch's turn so that was a nice an oh one one start gotta love that yeah so um i have a terrible uh amulet titan matchup i knew that going in so oh yeah that's like stone unwinnable so yeah i mean just i mean that's essentially what i was looking down the barrel of when i played affinity round one so that was fun and then round three mitch played Against Mono Greentron, which just goes bigger, much quicker. And oh, yeah. he got thoroughly trashed 2-0 pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And then you played Tron. I played against Eldrazi Tron. Oh, I didn't know E-Tron. I just thought it was regular Tron. No, it was Eldrazi Tron. Okay, so yeah, that's a bad matchup for you as well. Oh, goodness. Yeah, Karn uh, getting a any kind of artifact that <laughs> just deals with my things. Like, I just can't beat half the cards in their deck which is cool it's, it's super fun yeah and then i played against grixis death shadow he took game one uh game one's always rough for me in that matchup but games two and three post sideboard i just smash him so i smashed him game two quite as easily veil of summer is very good and then uh we didn't get Our to game finish four, game oh, three game three was yeah. done yeah which i was on my way to winning so that i, did, I count that as one one so oh and three or oh two and one yeah oh two and one gotta love it so we had a very good start not quite at the beer bracket yet so not everybody quite, who yeah. voted that we were going to just go oh two drop hit the bars suck it you were wrong so hey, you fucking idiots shit boys <laughs> and then round four i played against black white planeswalkers like it's i don't i think that's just what it's called it's like oh, it's the black white token stack the one with uh not with, tokens. Like, the vampire planeswalker and tokens like that, yeah, and Gideon, um, and just removal yeah, I would and say just blocking tokens. With they're playing like some discard spells and then like lingering souls and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So I won that game two zero. Mitch beat Spirits two zero, which he shouldn't lose to that ever. Yeah. And, and then and you beat Tron. Oh, you played Tron that time, so I fucked those yeah, up. Yeah, I played those actual up. Tron that game, and that oh. one was the best game. Ever. Well, you have Leonin Arbiter in Ghost Quarter, which is okay as long as you can put a clock on him while keeping them off mana. Well, we sat they down. Can't do shit. We sat down and <laughs> I, I kept like a, a very playable opening hand, which I don't remember what it was because it didn't turn out it was going to matter at all. Because uh, my opponent uh, looks at his opening hand, tosses it back, uh, goes to six, tosses it back, goes to five, tosses it back, and I look at him like, oh, we got a guy on Tron over here. And he just looks at me just like dead stare. And I'm just like, well, I mean, there's only one deck that, that mulligans like this in the format, dude. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> he mulligans down to three and then plays a tower 
and passes the turn. And I'm like, nailed it. And proceeded just to play creatures. And he could not come back from a mold of three, which is understandable. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, Game two went way fucking different, though. Game two, he kept a seven and just kept jamming things. And I got him down to, I believe, yeah, I got him down to 14. And then he resolved an O-Stone and then Karn and then Ugin. Yes. And I was just like, oh, well, I'm just like the deadest person ever. But he had no cards in hand. I got it, his Planeswalkers down to the point where he had to pop the O-Stone or else he was going to lose both of his Planeswalkers in combat or just die. Lose anyway. Yeah. yeah. So he blew up the board, lost both of his Planeswalkers, and I lost everything. I untapped, put seven creatures worth of toughness on the battlefield or power on the battlefield and then just crossed my fucking fingers. And then through the course of the next two turns, he drew nothing followed by nothing. And I won that game. And that it was the tightest my bottle has ever been puckered in my Um, entire life. So that made us one, two and one. Yep. Clawing back. Round five, uh, Mitch uh, played against Boggles, which. Oh, God. Good luck, bud. No, that's a great matchup for Etron. How? Don't they just Um, attack through his stuff? Now the um, Chalice. What's that? Chalice of the... Oh, I guess if he resolves a Chalice on one, that's very... Yeah, just game over. Yeah. Even if they play a creature out, it's like, okay, well, a little bit of disruption, that goes a long way. And then he was playing something. I forget what he did, but it destroyed some of the enchantments. I forget what it was. Was it Blossom? Oh, no, the uh, seven-mana sweeper. All is dust. All is dust. All is dust does some things. Yeah, he got him. I saw I got him pretty good that yeah. game. Uh, all this dust is a that. very, very powerful card. Yeah, if you can get to the mana to cast all this dust against Boggles, uh, by all means, do that. Because that will probably win you that game. Yeah. So he actually won that game 2-0. Um, yes. You played against Burn. I can played against Burn. Yeah. Which... Like old school Burn, not... Yeah, just like the red... red no, yeah, the red-white Burn. He did have the green splash for, like, I'm assuming Destructive Revelry or something like that. But... Yeah, that was a super fun game. Um, turns out Thalia is really good, and Comball out of the sideboard is really good. Yeah, you had a nice little interaction with um, Aether Vile and Comball. Oh, where yeah, you said, I had my classic. Active, activate Aether Vile. He said, sure, put Comball down. You, he went to respond to Comball. You're like, you can't respond to that. Yeah, buddy. Aether, once you let the Aether Vile trigger resolve... That creature is just existing on the battlefield. It is just there. Just poof. It, that's Cause, what happens. Because that's what Aether Vile does. Let me be very clear. It's not like you just tapped and put combo down. You said tap, activate. Yeah, I said activate Aether Vile. And a homie said yes. Yeah, that'll happen. And then combo existed on the battlefield. Yes. And like, there's a good, like, I've been playing Aether Vile a long, long time. And I've had that judge call a million times. And it is really at the judge's discretion, and it's at the opponent's discretion to not lie, but it's at the judge's discretion to rule that being okay or not. Um, this judge call took well, a long how, time. That's how the card works, so that's how yeah, it yeah, be yeah. ruled. But sometimes time. judges are afraid to say that, oh, well, you didn't read the card, so or you don't you don't know how this card works, so we're going to let, let that go back, and you're going to get to play the game with more information. I've had that. I've been on the wrong side of that judge call a good amount of times. And that's where you say, I would like to appeal that because that's horse shit. Um, When you're at a smaller shop and there's only one judge, it's kind of hard to appeal. Nope. It's not. You appeal it. Be like, this is ridiculous. Um, 
appeal this because that's not how this works. Oh, no, it's definitely not how it works. But I have. And you look up the rolling and you say, that's not how this card works. I gave my. I just don't go to that shop anymore. My opponent has every, every, every ample opportunity to read the card. I didn't just tap it and put it down. I said, activate Aether Vial. It was also game two, and I had Aether Vial game one. So, like, we all knew what the card did. Yeah, exactly. But that was a fun judge call. I mean, I'm used to the judge call. Like, it comes with the territory of playing that card. You just, like, you know your interactions, and then you just explain it the best you can. Aether Vial's been around for a very fucking long time. People should know how it works. It's not that difficult of a card. And it's also been in modern for a good amount of time. But like, I also I mean, don't. It's I don't been in modern literally since the inception modern of for modern. as long as I have been. Like, I've been playing modern for a very like almost as long as I've been playing Magic. There are people who are just picking up modern, so I don't expect them to know. Like, I'm not shooting on somebody for not knowing a card for a format they've only been playing for like a couple months. That wasn't the case though. Well, anyway, I played against a red white prison deck, and the opponent um, both times played a blood moon on turn one. I proceeded to the first game. I sacked my Misty Rainforest to get a forest and said, sure, that resolves and proceeded to play lands. Still could play some creatures just with high arcs and basics because I was running four basics in my deck. And eventually um, he had that new enchantment from Throne where you roll a dice and then you either get a 3-1 haste, 2-1 haste lifelink. Oh, yeah, that's super sweet. Or the one two that pings when it enters, yeah. and I said, "Okay, that is and super pro- sweet." Proceeded to hard cast to Elder Deep Fiend. Yeah, Elder Deep Fiend seems pretty good. Well, you it also I, in that game did you cold, just like colorless. top deck the blue source too? No, it's one hundred percent colorless. Oh, how did you cast that then? It is one hundred percent colorless, like generic. It doesn't require. It's oh, just it's eight mana. Yes. Oh, that is something. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, so... Yeah, only uh, the, the whatever, the emerge cost is blue. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, so he swung in with his creatures. I said, response to attack, tap your... tap Or no, I let him... Let his creatures come in. I just tapped down all of his land. And then just all ate of his white some guy. I ate the 3-1 dude, smashed for five. The next turn, I did the exact same thing. He's like, as soon as you tapped eight mana, I knew. Yeah, that's pretty good. And then in game two, he proceeded on the play, a turn one blood moon, and I kept a hand that was forest plane, some other shit, um, once upon a time, and said, keep. And then he played that, first turn drew my card, drew the second forest, which was hilarious. (laughs) And then once once upon a time, I forget what I took, but had perfect mana because once upon a time is ridiculous. Yep. Yeah, I love how you are only playing so many basics and you just had all of them against Blood Moon. Well, game one, I fetched for the first one and then I and then you drew into the second one. one, yeah. But, like, you just having it. <laughs> it's just, like, such a beating. Like, yes. Blood Moon should just, if you don't have the ability to go do that, Blood Moon should just kill you. <laughs> I did sneak a path to exile under a chalice. It was just on a Simian Spirit Guide, so it wasn't a big deal. But he did ah. get me the second time because he's like, all right, he didn't notice it. He didn't remember his triggers. Yeah, it's, you got to challenge check people, I guess. I but anyway, that, people all day. talking about the actual tournament is boring. <laughs> so we actually we quit about that. We quit literally after that. We rattled off two wins. By and the end of the day. We want to go do something else. <laughs> We're the worst tournament magic players. I'm better when I'm by myself because I was actually doing well. You guys just suck. We had the same amount of wins, bud. Nope. Yes, we did. Because <laughs> if you want to count your draws, 
Those wins. Oh, the game that I didn't finish. Mm-hmm. But okay, so then I get we, to count mine as well. <laughs> you didn't have any draws. You had round one lost. Well, those were games that I because round we three, sat there and finished the lost. games because you know once you get to that point in tournament, people are just like, oh well, we're not here to win. We're just here to have fun, which is where I would rather be in an event like that because playing a bunch of hardos in like their fancy jerseys on a team event, yeah, it's kind of it's annoying. Noxious. Yeah, so after that, we rallied the troops. Uh, if you listened to the previous episode, you know that we went with another team, people, a bunch of homies from back where we grew up. Um, and they, I mean, what did they do? I don't remember. They did real bad. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say real bad. I think they went uh, two and three. I, no, I'm pretty sure they were one and four. One and four? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so they didn't do great. But, I mean, it happens to the best of us. Even good players just, like, get scrubbed out. I mean, we didn't do too hot either, so... That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, even even players that know what the fuck they're doing, like, and we're not good players, but there are good players out there that just like go O2 drop. That's just magic. Yeah. So we did. We ended up dropping after round five. We decided we were going to do a chaos draft and then follow that up with booze. Key. Yeah. So we just pulled. We went over to one of the vendors who was selling a bunch of random boosters and then just pulled all of, like a bunch of money together and just bought a bunch of random booster packs and then took them home, and just did a wild chaos draft. I crushed that. I wouldn't say crushed it. Nope. Did Didn't you two, you two owed everybody but me? Correct. I'm the only one that stole a game from you. Yep, and you had a good deck. My deck was just absurd. My deck was very fucking good, too. Between you and Austin, I got so much removal, and uh, Austin passed me a Whip of Erebus. See, that, I think, if you didn't have that in, in any of our games... Or the games would have been much closer. Whip is just a disgusting in, magic card. Had it in one game, that's it. Yeah, that game would have been much closer. But the second that card resolves, it's just like, oh, well, every creature you control has lifelink, and also you can just get creatures back, and that's not awesome. Yeah, do better. Yeah, I, I didn't get past the whip. You did. Thoroughly run Mitch without it, even. Oh, your deck was just, like, generically good, too. But Whip oh, is such a boss so magic dumb. card. Yes, that is also true. So what, you played like Abzan just creatures? Abzan, yeah, pretty much just Abzan. I had so much removal, tons of fixing, and then a lot of flyers. And I got to play one of the best decks ever in any format, which is just blue-red, just bounce spells, and just shitty dumb creatures. <laughs> yeah, it turns out that'll work. Yup, there are just some archetypes that are just ubiquitous regardless of format and just a blue red spells deck will always just be a tried and true get their strategy yes gotta love it, it. we'll get it there but that chaos trap was super fun and it i was very fun any time that you get to sit down with just random packs of magic cards and just crack them open and see what the fuck that you cards you haven't seen possibly ever or cards that you haven't seen in a very long time that is so fucking and there being zero cohesion Oh, yeah, because it's just packs. a shit show. It's just mm-hmm. a goddamn mess. Whichever way you split it, there's no overlap. Like, there's that cards that correct. yield through packs that would be, like, pack one, pick ones in their respective formats. But because they have nothing to do with anything, you just can't take them. You just can't take those cards. Yeah, like the snow, the snow cards. Yeah, I ended up with the last pick of the draft was that... The last uh, two cards was... On Thin Ice and a Snow Plains. <laughs> yeah, On Thin Ice and Snow Plains from Modern Horizons. <laughs> I gotta love that. It's really funny. Yeah, so you got yourself a Snow Basic out of that, and I got myself an On Thin Ice. I'll, I'm okay with that. I played that Snow Basic. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you did. That's brilliant. 
Just got to throw him off the trail. Yeah. But after that chaos draft, which was very, very much fun, came the main event of the weekend. The booze cube. Fuck yeah. We got to do some booze cubing, boys. This booze time cubing? I did not win. I My love that. deck was trash. I literally had one way to win, and that was the Green Planeswalker, the Juan Tequila or whatever. And then make everyone Yeah. And then make everyone quit by making everyone drink. Starting off with a thirty-four count and it circled the table till it got to zero. Did the math, it would have been twenty-seven beers. Yeah, that would have been something if that would have happened. But Mitch uh, killed everyone after Austin played a board wipe and Mitch had what the fuck? Yeah. Well, all I remember from that, because I became the, the brunt of the, the drinking. I don't yeah, know I what you, made yeah. me a target, but I feel like I was a target. I Well, you convinced Mitch to kill my thing that had 30 counters on it. Well, that's what's that's what the whole part of a, of a multiplayer game, dude. You got a politic. But you lost the politics because I just freaking killed you with it. But the thing died. <laughs> so I, I did it for the better. I sacrificed. My, I'm a martyr. I sacrificed myself for the betterment of the table. So everybody who was at that table, you're welcome. Also, I don't remember the game after that happened. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I just got, I just faced like two beers after we had been drinking heavily the entire night. And that was just like, you know what? Tyler's in blackout mode. Let's just go. Because I don't even remember the, the end of the game. Not even a little bit. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. The only thing I remember about the game is I had Lancey Enhanced, which is a cheaty face type card that you can just sneak on the battlefield. And if nobody catches you, it exists. Yes. And I was just fucking with that thing the entire night. However, if someone so does bummed. catch you, someone does catch you, you have to drink 10. Yes, which I was fine with. But Mitch gets so salty about that card, and I love it. Mm-hmm. That he does. Yeah, so anything that I can abuse to make somebody uh, upset, I'm going to do it. And that's what I do. Yeah, lean into it. Why not? Yeah, I mean, you gotta. if you're going to do something, overdo it. And that's exactly what Lancey and Hans enabled me to do. Oh, I fucking love it. Yeah, so Booze Cube ended well. I don't remember. I, I can assume it ended well. That seems about right. It ended well for everyone but you, pretty much. That's, I mean, I, I am going to chalk it up for a win for me. You always win if you don't remember Booze Cube. You're not wrong. There can't be a loser if you don't remember losing. That's a, is that your new life motto? Uh, yes, that is going to be the model of, motto of 2020. You can't lose if you don't remember. I can dig it. Yep, um, that is my new moniker. <laughs> That's going to be the platform that I run on for 2020 when I run for president of the United States. It's already 2020, bud. Yep, I'm going to start running behind the times. Right yeah, you are quite far behind. Don't you have to be like 30-something years old? Okay, when yeah. I'm 20, when I, in whatever year I am that I'm 35, I'm running on the platform of you can't lose if you don't remember. And then the night of the election, I'm just going to get fucking blackout drunk, and then I'm going to wake up president. <laughs> That's how I it can works. dig it. <laughs> like my campaign is going to be literally, I'm just going to post, I'm just going to get like 20 of those signs and just post them up on random street corners across the United States. And people will be like, what the fuck is this? And then it's just going to be me just on like Snapchat or something. <laughs> I'm just going to be just posting videos of me just, just slamming beers on election night. And I'm going to wake up and be like, <laughs> I'm the president. I'm just going to walk myself to the White House, walk right into the front door and then get into the Oval Office and then just take a nice hungover nap right on top of the desk. <laughs> like in the morning. Yeah, somebody's, somebody's going to walk and be like, who are you? I'm like, I'm... I'm the president of the United States. <laughs> Still drunk. <laughs> you, you have my vote. Okay, we can boost cube that night. That'll help. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be my catalyst. That will for sure help. Yep. 
that's going to be my platform. Free boost cube for every person. Hey, you six-year-old, you want to learn how to boost cube? Yeah. <laughs> Too bad. Your grandmother who's in a funeral home, or not a funeral home, an old person's home. Oh, they could be in a funeral home, too. We're going to bring them back to life. Liliana's going to use her necromancy, bring them back, just a boost cube, and then she can go back to sleep afterward. I feel like that may be offensive, but I don't know, because I find it funny. <laughs> well, tweet us at fetch underscore shock if you find that offensive. <laughs> <laughs> or actually... <laughs> Better yet, your gran- if your dead grandmother finds that offensive, she can tweet yeah. us at fetch underscore shock. Teach her how to use Twitter. Yes. Well, I'm sure she'll figure it out. She's got all this free time. <laughs> okay, this is awful. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Well, you speaking a, of dead people that are coming back to life, there. let's talk about Theros Beyond Death. I don't know if you did that on purpose, but that's smooth. I did it. That is easily my best. That's going to be my best transition of the year. <laughs> And it was 100% on accident. I don't know how I would have purposely started talking about bringing dead grandmothers back to life just to talk I about. I tell you how it got there either. Uh, nope. Uh, we don't. We don't worry. We don't worry about how it gets there. We just wanted it to get there. It just got there. The ends justify the means. <laughs> so Theros Beyond Death. We have the rest of the set, right? That we do. Yeah, we have the whole entire set in its complete form. Um, and just looking over the set in general. Um, I don't know if you got to look at like commons, uncommons or anything yet, Matt, but I mean, this set is one, very, very powerful. Two, I'm really excited to draft this. I think it's going to be a good draft format. Oh, yeah. And I have fond memories of original Theros, like triple Theros draft. It kind of got a little murky with like Born of the Gods and Journey to Nyx, but triple Theros, I remember that fondly as a very good draft form i didn't like original theros oh i loved it i just loved the whole devotion concept and just being able to do like monocolor decks like that was just so unique for that time yeah that part was the devotion i like that mechanic but even outside of draft there are some cards that we have not got to talk about yet that i think are very very good in whatever format that they can respectively be paid in so let's start off, we'll, we'll go in Wooburg order, uh, starting off with a white card that has my name all over it, Edelon of Obstruction. So the Edelon is a 2-1 first strike, it is an enchantment spirit, and it is one in a white. It also says, loyalty abilities of Planeswalkers your opponent's control cost one more to activate. So they have to pay a colorless mana if they wish to do any ability on their Planeswalker. When I first saw this card... I was really fucking excited about it. Like I had, a, I had you texted me about it. Austin texted me about it. I had a couple other people message me about it saying, Oh, what are your thoughts? And my gut reaction to this was, this is fucking awesome. I can't wait to get this in my hands and play with it. Yeah. Now that I've kind of let it sit and it's percolated, uh, this card actually leaves a lot to be. It's a good jumping off point. I think if they made it too strong out of the, be- out of the gate, it would just be make planeswalkers unplayable, which they for sure do not want to do. Yeah. But I mean, you're right. When they print Planeswalkers, they definitely want them to not be banned out of any format ever. Yeah. <laughs> they try. See, okay. But, um, so don't get me wrong. I, the design on this card, I think, is very fucking good. Like, the concept behind it is a home run. But For sure, I, agree with you. Yeah. Since I've been being able to sit and think about its context in the whole, in a format as a whole, this card might have a chance to see modern play. Depending on how Pioneer shakes out in the foreseeable future, could see foreseeable or could see play in in Pioneer. I don't think this is ever going to see play in Legacy, unfortunately. 
Um, and like, I mean, sure, standard, whatever. I don't even know if Planeswalkers are going to be that important in standard. My issue with it is, one, it has one toughness. So it is super fragile. It dies to so many things. It does have first strikes. So that kind of mitigates the creature combat aspect of it. Sure. But there are there's only so many, like, one toughness for two mana hate bears that you can jam into any style of deck. Um, and Thalia kind of does what this card does, but better. Like, Thalia... Yeah, 100%. Because so, so think about it this way. Oh, uh, you say Thalia is the better version. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when, with Thalia on the battlefield, they can't play their Planeswalker on curve. But then once it's on the battlefield, they can activate. With this on the battlefield, they can play their Planeswalker on curve, but they have to wait to activate it. I think the, the, the former version of that, which is Thalia, is just infinitely better in almost every capacity. Yeah, I would agree with you. It yeah, because nothing, nothing guarantees that they're going to hit their land drops. And in the style of deck that Thalia shines in, you're managing their mana, usually somewhat effective, at least if you're winning those games. This guy, they can go ahead and play their Planeswalker on curve, and then they just have to wait a turn. They untap, and unless you kill it, they untap and they just get to use their guy. Yep. Where Thal- Yeah, I, I agree. Thalia hits more things at spells. Mm-hmm. It's harder for them to cast it. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you on that point of yeah. it. So for this to be an impactful card with the design that it has, I would think that it would have to be the pro- at least the same mana cost, or if they want to keep the body on it, make it one mana, which is a very, very tall ask. Like, that would be a very good card if it was, like, one white, the exact same text. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. Um. Or... It would be have to be like two white and then just be a much bigger, much more intimidating body. Like make it a yeah. make it like a two two first strike or like two, a three, three two, or something. Or yeah, three three would be great. But this card in its current iteration, when you put it into context of the formats that you're gonna be playing this in, I don't think cuts the cheese. Like there's there's so many better interactions with planeswalkers that you can play in those formats that are either cheaper than this or just do a better job at dealing with multiple things than this stuff. Like, see Pithing Needle. See Phyrexian Revoker. See, uh... What's the, what's the one enchantment that makes activated abilities cost two more? Oh, uh... I can't think of the name of it. I know what it is, but... Yeah, it's but one there's in a white. Yeah, there's an enchantment for one in a white that makes activated abilities of everything cost two more. That just does a far better job of what this card's trying to do for the same mana cost. And it's harder to remove. Much harder to remove. Mm-hmm. And that card hits like fetch lands. That card hits it's anything that isn't on yeah lands. Anything that isn't a mana ability. Yeah, which is like just a strictly better version of this card, right? Yes. So the design home run in the context of formats, it leaves a lot to be desired. I am not super high on this card. I think it's good. Um, I don't think it's ridiculous. I think for the first attempt, it is admirable, but they are going to have to do a lot more to make something of this style, like, playable in multiple, even modern. I don't think this card's going to see play in modern. You don't think? Nope. Like, there would have to be some some really fucked up shit to happen in modern for this card to be, like, something that you're just jamming in your deck over top of the Thalia. Fair. Like, maybe, like, like a, like a Dread of Night, but for just humans. Like, then maybe? But even then, I don't even know. Like, oh boy. Like, they wouldn't... First of all, I don't think they would ever print that. Definitely. Well, they did, kind of. 
Oh, it's you're, you're, talk, you're talking effect. about like the spell version of it. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm talking about like just an enchantment, like one black minus one minus one to all human creatures. Oh, my gosh. Like yeah, that, that would, would be, be ridiculous. That would be disgusting. Well, they did. Yeah. Um, called Plague Engineer. Yeah, Plague Engineer's a guy. But it being a creature is at least kind of more manageable. Yeah, a little bit. Also, everybody knows my feelings about Plague Engineer. Fuck that card in the ass. Yeah, you're not a fan. Nope, definitely not have been, not ever will be. <laughs> So let's talk about another card that I am not a fan of. Uh, and I don't think anybody is, honestly. Let's talk about Shatter the Sky. Matt, yeah, not a, you know, not a fan of that one. Did you know that Wrath of God is too good? Too powerful. This that is just part- a worse. So this is two white-white sorcery. Each player controls a creature with power four or greater draws a card. Then destroy all creatures. Just a very, very, very shitty Wrath of God. It is the worst Wrath of God I have ever yes. seen. Because even the ones that they print that are five mana, they at least do something better. Like, this yeah. is just our exact Wrath of God, but with a downside. Yep. Like, in what world was Wizard sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, here's what we can do. We can do, uh, let's, in this, like, a set before this, they thought Oka was printable. Like, that card was okay to see print. And then they read the card Wrath of God, and they said, hmm. Pumps the brakes, folks. That ability is powerful for four mana. Let's make yeah, your fine. opponent draw a card. Because really what this reads is, each opponent draws a card, then destroy all creatures. Because I don't know what world you're casting this spell if you have a four power creature. Yeah, very unlikely unless you're doing super far behind. Shit. And we were even discussing before we started recording, if this card just said, if you control a creature with power four or greater, draw a card, then destroy all creatures... That would still be a playable card. Yeah, but letting your opponent draw is not not worth it. No, not this card and this is just perpetuating the concept that white is just just not get good cards. Probably be good in limited. That's maybe commander, but that's about it. I mean, that's just my as opinion. Every wrath, this is going to be like you're going to pick this person limited. Like I even think with the drawback, this is just going to be a good pick because almost every wrath is a good pick in limited. Yeah, not a fan of this card. Especially considering how slow this format's probably going to be. Like, rats are just going to go up in equity. They might. I don't know. Time will tell. Yeah, I guess we will see. Well, the last white card that I want to talk about um, is Tyrannica, a Crowan veteran. This card is... Ooh, this card is... People were even trying to talk about this in, like, Legacy Death and Taxes. I don't think it's good enough for Legacy Death and Taxes, but I'm not going to completely roll it out. And I will totally eat crow if this card does start seeing play in Leg- Legacy Death and Taxes, because then I'll need to buy, like, at least some copies of it. Yeah, I don't think it would be. It doesn't actually do anything besides smash pretty hard. Yeah, in in a world where you need the beaters, like, this card's pretty high up on the list. But there are just so many other options out there that just do more that I don't see this thing's going to see. But I do see this being impactful in, like, humans in modern. So let's let's talk about the card. It is a... 3-3 three, three creature for one and two white. It is a human soldier, a legendary. It has vigilance, and it says whenever it attacks, you untap another target creature you control until the end of turn. That creature's base power and toughness is 4-4, four, four, and it gains indestructible. So if you attack with two things, you untap the other thing, it becomes a 4-4 four, four indestructible until the end of turn. Yeah, so it can hit pretty hard. Yeah, turn I mean, a 1-1 one, one into a 4-4. Four, four. And it doesn't, like, remove counters or anything. So say you have a 1-1 one, one with three counters on it, that just becomes a 7-7. Seven, seven. Yeah. Well, and I see I see the world where 
this is played in humans and you go for you like you kind of like do like an alpha strike kind of deal or just get in with the creatures that you know you're going to be able to do like get in with and then you just casually toss in uh a noble hierarchy into that and then your noble hierarchy untaps turns into a four four and then post combat you can use that noble hierarchy for mana like that is that is a very powerful one yeah undoubtedly the thing i think in general um this thing maybe gives your creature in that deck like maybe a plus two plus two yeah other times it would just be worse or the indestructible is not nothing well base power four four is bigger than every creature yep it is doesn't lose other abilities which is nice yeah and it does and like you said it does keep the counters so it turns your the your one one that has five counters on it into a four four with five counters like that's that's a big deal guy but yeah there that's, also that's has what to i be mean a world it's not where, nothing yeah this there also has to be a world where this isn't just a one-shot thing where uh this lady doesn't just die in combat just for the cost of you getting in for a little bit bigger damage because it it's not like it gives a creature trample too yeah it does not it's just base uh base power toughness increase mm-hmm so, I mean, there is definitely a world where this card is going to get to see play in humans, in modern. I don't think it's going to be good enough in Legacy, Death and Taxes. Mostly because the the three-drop slot is already so clustered. With You're like you're obviously playing Flicker Wisp. You need to play Recruiter to the Guard in some amount. You need to play Sankard Prelate in some amount. And then your flex slots are usually at the three mana. And they're usually for like meta calls a lot of the time especially now because oko is still le- the only format that oko is still legal in uh well the only format besides vintage that oko is still legal in is legacy mirren crusader is like the only thing that i want to be playing right now with oko legal because oko is the most powerful like game managing card that's ever been printed well it does everything exactly we've gone through so mirren crusader is just insulated against that like, it doesn't let your opponent's Elks block it. It also just gets in and does a good chunk of damage, if not kill Oko. And it doesn't get Elk, which is the big thing. Yeah, that's not nothing. Oh, my God. A, Crusader, a Mirren Crusader carrying a, uh, any kind of weapon, too? That's the thing Dreams are made of. Yeah, that hits very hard and triggers twice. Mm-hmm. And even in the world where uh, I'm not, like, I don't have to play against Oko, so I'm not playing Mirren Crusader. Like, I've always been a sucker for, like, Brimaz in that spot. Because he does go, he just goes wide. Yeah. And that is really fucking good. Yeah, it's not bad. No, I like it. I like this card. Um, I just don't like it in Legacy. And I do think humans is definitely going to play this. Maybe there is another shell in Modern that I could see this going into. Um, like attacking with this and like some 1-1s one from Lingering Souls feels really good. Yeah, just make a 4-4 flyer that's indestructible. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, you just turned your... Uh, you just turned your 1-1 Flying Spirit into a Sarah Angel for the turn. It's like Geist of St. Draft. Yeah. Which is cool. So, yeah, this card's really sweet. Um, So, moving on from White, Matt. That would actually be really good with Geist of St. Draft, just as a heads up. Make your Geist indestructible. Ooh. Okay. Now now you have me Now you have me thinking. The Geist of St. Draft uh, Tyrannica deck. Just have these like, very powerful, legendary, three-mana creatures just go into battle. I can dig it. Yeah, I'm a sucker for that shit. I love it. So moving on from white, unfortunately, I know everybody's very disappointed. They want to hear me talk about white cards the entire night. Everyone is fucking stoked. <laughs> Let's talk about some blue cards. Namely, the last god we did not get to talk about, Thassa, Deep Dwelling. First of all, killer name. 
Second of all, this card's actually pretty strong, I think. Yeah, so it has the god text, indestructible, devotion less than five, not a creature, three and a blue, legendary enchantment creature god, six, five, and then at the beginning of your end step, exile up to one other target creature you control, then return that creature to the battlefield under your control. Obviously very good with leaves the battlefield abilities, enters the battlefield abilities. Oh, yeah. And then on top of that, you can pay three and a blue, tap their target. Very good. Which is, yeah, very relevant ability. I think this will be C play in standard. Maybe some people will mess with it in modern. Uh, limited, uh, just absolute bomb. Oh, I can this see bomb. a world where this is like a, one of the best cards in standard. Like standard is dominated by this card. Yeah, I could see it. Uh, very good. Um, without a doubt, very good. Well, there's a card that we're going to be talking about uh, in a little bit that Thassa works incredibly well with. <laughs> and, I'm sold on this card already. So Yeah, I'm, card, I'm um, in love with Thassa. I think she's great. And I do think there's, I mean, this could be a Pioneer deck, just like the blue tempo blank strategy. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Shit, even Commander. Sh shout out to the Commander players out there. Yeah, this will be. This could be a pretty good commander with the indestructibles. Always pretty. Oh yeah, I mean good. all the gods just by themselves are just like very pretty. They're just very cool commanders because they hit and they just stick around and they just have abilities that are very good when you have a shitload of mana. Yeah, I, I back. I back all the gods as commanders. Yeah, I know you're a fan of them. Uh, I'm a sucker. Sucker for the gods. I'm a sucker for Theros. Maybe that's why I'm so excited about this set. I just love the concept. So fucking. Cool. Yeah, that's very possible. I also think this, this set's great. But also, this next card, I also think is pretty great. Um, it is Thassa's Intervention. Matt, I know you're pretty high on this card. Um, you and the other... So, yeah, this is uh, very good. Um, I think I'll, in Standard especially, um, this will be a corner or a fucking mainstay for control decks. So it is all the interventions. Um, you They have two options. You choose one. So this one is blue, blue, X. The first option is look at the top X cards of your library. Put up to two, two of them into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. And then the second mode is counter target spell unless its controller plays pays twice X. Yeah, and all of them have that thing too where the second thing is doubling X for whatever. Yes, so this is either uh, at the worst it's draw two cards for four mana instant speed. Yeah, four or, mana instant speed divination. That's okay. Yeah, or three mana draw one card at instant speed. Not that great, but these obviously get better um, the later the game goes. And then the counter spell, it can obviously hit something pretty early for three, uh, kind of like a, a quench or whatever it is, unless they pay two. So if it's you put two mana into this, they need to pay four, so on and so on. Yeah. Doubling whatever the X is. Yeah, I mean, once you get to like the later turns, this turns, turns into counter target spell for like five mana. Yeah, uh, very good card. I'm sold on it. I like the look at the top X, take two best ones. At the worst at that is four mana instant speed divination. Yeah, and just the mobility of something like that. That's what makes these cards so good is that, oh, uh, your opponent didn't play anything. Let's draw some cards. Oh, your opponent played something you can't beat. Let's make sure that thing does not resolve. Like having yeah. options on strapped onto these cards is makes it makes them so good yeah modular cards are always quite good yeah especially when both the options are very good <laughs> yeah so very good card i'm in on it i don't really have anything else to say that's how it's just really good yeah card sweet uh the next card 
Um, this is what I was kind of referring to as working pretty good with Thassa. It is Thassa's Oracle. So Thassa's Oracle is a Merfolk wizard. It is blue-blue uh, for a 1-3. And then when Thassa's Oracle enters the battlefield, you look at the top X cards of your library where X is your devotion to blue. Put up to one of them into your, or from one of them on top of your library, and then you put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. If X is greater or equal to the number of cards in your library, you win the game. That's something. Yeah, seem pretty good. Yeah, and just having this guy on the battlefield doing that ability, at least for three with Thassa and this, this guy at your end step, that seems a pretty good way to find ways to win the game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm yeah, just going to, like, you can just casually just bounce this guy at your end step every time. Because, I mean, it's a 1-3, so, like, is it really getting in there, like, to attack? Probably not. So it's not getting threatened by dying in combat. You just get to use this as a utility to just filter through the top of your deck, find the exact card that you need for whatever scenario you're in, and then all the other garbage, just put it on the bottom. It's not like you have to, like, bin that shit. You just get to put it on the bottom, recycle it for later. Yeah, very good. Um, I'm in on this. This is also a very good card. Yeah, I love this card. And, like, there's a chance that this is just, like, a better version, in a lot of circumstances, a better version of, like, a Laboratory Maniac effect. Yeah. Because you just get utility before that, like, before the ability resolves. I mean, it is, you do have to push it a little bit farther to get, like, to make this guy really, like, significantly better. But just the marginal little bit of better that it gets from... When it enters the battlefield, just immediately doing two, regardless of what you have on the battlefield, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's definitely not bad. Yeah, I'm in for that card. I think that card's going to see play in a couple different formats, some casual, some competitive. Um, and it is, people are just going to have a blast with that card, because that is one of those cards that just exists in a world that is so fun. Yeah, I couldn't disagree with you there. So Fuck I would yeah. like to, but I can't. Sorry, dude. Well, maybe you can disagree with me on this one because I've actually disagreed with a couple people on this one on the internet, at least with how adamant they are uh, in favor of this card. This card is Cling to Dust. So we're out of the blue cards into the black cards. Cling to Dust is one black for an instant speed spell. It says you exile a card from a graveyard. If it was a creature card, you gain three life. Otherwise, draw a card. It also has escape for three and a black and exile five other cards from your graveyard. So it just being a one mana instant speed interaction with graveyard, like by itself, that is that's pretty good. The fact that it draws a card, I think, is what makes people freak out about this. I think this is only going to be good in standard um, fighting escape. And that's really drawing a card isn't that great for a black mana at instant speed. Um, they're just better cantrips. I guess it's kind of, it has options, I guess, is the best part about it. Oh yeah, it serves multiple purposes, right? Like, it gets rid of something from a graveyard while also getting you a card? Um, that one, the first time you cast it, it's okay. Um, the escape cost is ridiculous. Three and a black, exile five other cards, that's kind of hefty. I feel like the second time you're casting this card, it is out of actual desperation. Yeah, just nothing else to do with your mana, yeah. so. And my thing is, like, there are people who are losing their mind thinking that this card is going to be very, very fucking good. Especially in Legacy, like, people think that this card's going to see a lot of play. My thing is, there's already other options to deal with graveyards, even in black, that are just better than that. Like, you have Surgical Extraction, 
which is free, and literally anybody can play that. It's an instant speed, and it gets rid of all of them from out throughout the deck, not just the specific one that you're worried about right now that's in the graveyard. Yeah, so I'm not in on this card very much. Well, and, there's, and if you want to pay mana for it, there's extra bait, which does the same thing as Surgical Extraction, except for you have to pay for it, but it also has split seconds, so you can't do anything with that on the stack, at least casting a spell line. Yeah, can't interact with it at all. Yeah, so... I mean, in other colors, like, it's not like... I mean, obviously, you're not playing this in other colors, but, like, in other colors, you have colorless ways to deal with graveyards. Like, you have, uh... Like, you have, uh, Tormod's Crypt. You have, uh, Grafdigger's Cage. Relic Progenitus. Yeah, there's a shit ton of colorless ways. There's another card that we're going to be talking about that that is very similar to Relic of Progenitus that exists now in constructive formats. Uh, I'm not sold on this card, but, like, we, again, we could be eating crow on this. This could just, like change something i think it'll be good in standard and that's about it yeah it's like the standard version of like what a surgical extraction like a fixed surgical extraction is right it just stops their escape cards really yeah and it's like it's like it can do like the cantrippy thing and like preemptively stop an escape thing yeah i'm just not i'm not crazy sold on this card so uh we are waiting to be proved wrong which has happened in the past and will probably happen again yeah it's definitely happened before um, so that is actually the only black card that we really wanted to talk about. Let's move to some red cards. Uh, Matt, I know you were excited about the Phoenix of Ash. Uh, not excited necessarily. I just think it's pretty decent. Um, three mana, two, two flying haste. Phoenixes have shown that they're always better than on the face. Yeah. And then namely Arclight Phoenix is a very yeah. recent example of that. So this is kind of a same thing. Um, so this is one red, red, uh, flying haste Phoenix two, two, um, for two and a red, it gets plus two plus O until end of turn. And it escapes for two red, red exile, three other cards from your graveyard. And it escapes with a plus one, plus one counter. So it's either a three mana, two, two flying haste for three or a three, three flying haste for four and three cards from your graveyard. I mean, all of those things are pretty good. Yeah. I think this thing is pretty solid. Um, I do think this will see place somewhere. Pioneer, modern, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I could see this being a Pioneer card. Yeah, for sure. All the Phoenixes. Yeah, and also, just on a card design aspect, the escape mechanic seems like it is built for a Phoenix. So I'm glad that they did find a Phoenix to put in the set, like, for escape. Like, because what he says coming back from the dead is something, like, better than the actual idea of a phoenix yeah so i really yeah i really like that that is super sweet yeah this one seems uh pretty good i i like it i think it'll see some play yeah fuck yeah i am on the same boat as you next card also staying in red uh the only other invention that i think is worth talking about uh perforosis invention so this guy is x in one red this one's sorcery speed and it says choose one you either create an X1 red elemental creature token with trample and haste. You sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step or Perforos's in, er, intervention deals twice X damage to target creature or planeswalker. So four mana deal six to a creature planeswalker. Three do four. So um, pretty good. I think this is going to be, this is a pretty good removal spell that if there's not a removal spell and you're in an aggressive deck, you can just, Casually make a 3-1 to smash them for 3 mana. Yeah, and and my thing is too... 4 mana, sorry. 
I love the fact that th- it is set up like this, where the first time I read it, I was like, oh, man, it doesn't say uh, deal damage to target player creature or planeswalker. And then I thought about the first ability. I'm like, oh, wait, the first ability says player. <laughs> Just in yeah, more words. Pretty much. I think yeah. that is the most balanced way that they can make like a pseudo fireball effect with just making it like red X. Like this is the most powerful yet balanced fireball we will probably ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So you can just like one X and then throw a creature at somebody's face or just kill their planeswalker or kill their creature, which is the best design I could probably have for a, a quote unquote fireball effect. Yeah. Yeah, that card's sweet. Yeah. All of these cards, like, really that's good. the reoccurring trend with these. They oh, all that's pretty good, yeah. Just so cool. Yeah. Like, Wizards, Unsold. sometimes they drop the ball in the design aspect of things, and then sometimes they have sets like this where everything I feel like I look at is designed so, so, so well. Yeah, not often do they do a very good job, but I think uh, the set is pretty good. Fuck yes. So moving out of the red cards into the green cards... Let's talk about Dryad of Elizengrove. Yeah, so, I think that's correct. Yeah, I'm going to say, I don't know how to pronounce that, but um, I'll read this and I'm going to say it's very, very good. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going crazy on this one. It's very obviously very powerful. So two in green for a 2-4 enchantment creature nymph. You may play an additional land on each of your turns, and lands you control are every basic land type in addition to their other types. Ooh, this is just like Courts of Krufex all ground up. Yep, very good. I, yeah, just he's a big boy. He's yeah. he grew out of his his back legs, and now he just has re- two regular legs and is just hanging out, you know, half naked or full naked on a tree, just it's, swinging dick and letting you play lands, and then also making your lands, uh, just five color lands. Yep, Prismatic Omen meets Explore. There you go. Yeah, on the two four body. Very good. Um, I mean, I I'm glad like that Field of the Dead and much... this guy are not legal in the same format. Yeah. I think this guy's going to see modern play. Probably. Um, it's very good. So, like I said, I'm not going crazy on it because it's like beating a dead horse. It's I can yeah, only say it's very good so many times. Explains the card. Yep. This card is fucked. Oh, my God. This is so good. I think this card is like sneakily maybe one of the best cards. In the- uh, I don't know about that, but it might be. I, I think this card is going to just sneak up on people and it's just going to start popping up in a million different decks in a couple different formats. And people are like, oh, oh, this is an engine that just gonna is just gonna crush people in a two four body that's pretty formidable oh for sure it is i mean we saw what quarter of crucifix did in standard like it took over that format because it's just like oh you can't Extra kill it land drops yeah two you four fucking kill the guy and this one's only one green all right i'm done talking about this card it's very good <laughs> well the next card i want to talk about is uh the first aroan games another two and a green spell this one is, an, is a saga, though. So for the chapter one of this saga, you create a 1-1 one, one white human soldier creature token. Chapter two, you put three plus one plus one counters on a creature you control. For three, or at chapter three, you may, or if you control a creature with power four or greater, you draw two cards. And then the fourth chapter, you get a gold token, which you can sack to add a any color to your mana pool. This card, if it resolves and goes as planned is like the most value I think you could possibly ever get out of a card for two and a green, ever. Yeah, you're super into this. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. Oh, this this is like a pack one, pick one of the ages, I think, in, in Limited. 
I good. genuinely yeah. think this card is so powerful. It very well might be like format. Format defining, I don't know, but definitely good. Yeah, this is no, this card is like, I, I actually factually so fucking good. Like, it's definitely only, good for sure. The only prerequisite I see to this card, like, in, in like a deck building constraint aspect is that you have to have like some other creature on the battlefield before you cast it. Yep, that is 100% correct. I don't think that it's good otherwise. But uh, having a creature on turn two is not particularly hard. No, it's not. But also that creature has to survive till your next draw step. Um, I guess worst comes to worst, you could dump it on the human. Yeah, so I'm saying you could dump it on the human, and then during that turn where you make a 4-4 out of whatever creature you have remaining, you still have four mana, presumably, if you're making a land drop, to cast another creature that hopefully at that point, if you're playing green, is going to have four toughness or four power. So you're going to get the draw card or draw two cards. Like, I mean, you can leave the, the fifth chapter off this. It doesn't actually matter. But yeah, I think that was more flavor than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's definitely like a very flavorful chapter, but it's not a very powerful chapter. But going from one to two to three on this card, I don't think it's particularly difficult in the value you're getting for three mana of investment is so far above what we've ever seen out of a three mana investment out of a card. Yeah, yeah. You're, that's a good way to put it. I could just see these creatures getting removed and then it just being useless and but wasting if, mana. My thing is, though, if the, your opponent is is using removal spells on a 1-1 one, one and your two mana spell, like you're probably coming out ahead on that because they're probably using at least, they're using over four mana worth of like spells on that and two spells or they're using a wrath which is even better i think in your case yeah it's possible that's i think it's good i just don't know it's not definitely format defining like you said it is oh i think this card is going to define standard and it i think there is a good chance that this just sees like massive play in pioneer it's possible time will tell like this like turn one hardened scales turn two like cobra turn three this oh boy oh boy you're living that's pod racing, ladies and gentlemen. Holy shit, that's, that seems good. I might build that deck. Fuck me. See, this would be better in Boggles than anything. Fuck it, throw it in Boggles, too. It's going to define modern Boggles. Make modern Boggles tier one. God damn it. <laughs> Definitely don't do that. What would modern be? What would modern have to get to that Boggles is turn one? Like, what would they have to print? It's going to be this card. This is the, we're looking at the card. If they keep that's it. Getting rid of everything. <laughs> That'll, that's our next topic. After we are finished talking about cards. Uh, the next one is Nylea's Intervention. Matt, you like this card, don't you? Yes, I do. Uh, for the mere fact that uh, four mana, go find Dark Depths combo. Yeah, that seems pretty That's, okay. Yeah. Because the one then, thing that a land deck... deals with flyers. Yeah, the flyers thing I think is less relevant, but the four mana going to get your combo seems pretty okay. Yeah. And then I think this will be pretty good in Commander too. Oh, yeah. Anything that has... Anything that has like some kind of land tutor ability attacked onto it is automatically just a very good commander card. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, speaking of commander cards, um, Nyx Bloom Ancient. Uh, what the fuck is this guy? Yeah, they fucked up here for sure. He's a monster. Yeah, triple your mana. That's so dumb. Oh, yeah, so, of mana. Yeah, that's not that hard to do, Commander, which is where this yeah. card is for. First of all, not a legendary creature. So for four and three green, you get a five-five creature, enchantment creature, with trample 
And yeah, like Matt says, um, when you tap a permanent for mana, it produces three times that mana. So not just lands, this turns a soul ring into tap, add six colorless. Oh, yep. dumb. Oh, real dumb. And some fucking poindexters on the Twitter uh, did the math. And if you cast Rite of Replication, kicked, targeting this guy, uh, and that resolves, one singular forest taps for 729 mana. That is just one forest. So stupid. <laughs> like what? Holy shit. I'm going to need this card. I'm going to need this card for my commander deck. Because I just want to live that dream of casting Rite of Replication on this and then making a million mana, and then probably dying because of it. Yeah, you're for sure not the only person who wants this card. So, yeah, this card's ridiculous, for sure. Three times, yeah, dumb. They fucked up. It's going to be a $30 card. Oh, yeah, if not just for uh, Commander. Like, this card, like, it doesn't even see play anything else for this card to just be fucking bonkers. Yeah, exactly. All right, so, uh, moving on to the multicolored spells, uh... And let's talk about these uh, Elder Giants that we got, because these cards are really fucking cool. So um, we'll start with the red-black one. Yeah. Croxa, uh, Croxa, Titan of Death's Hunger. So it's black-red, 6-6, six, six, legendary creature, Elder Giant. When it enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless it escaped. And then whenever it enters the battlefield or attacks, each opponent discards a card. Then each opponent who didn't discard a non-land card this way loses three life. And it escapes for black, black, red, red, exile, five other cards. So if you just cast this, you still get the trigger. Yep. Um, but you get the creature in addition to the trigger if uh, you escape it. Yeah. So this one is not very good unless it's escaped, I think. Yeah, I mean, you're still, I mean, you're going to, you're going to first pick this every time in draft. But yeah, you're right. It doesn't, it doesn't have the oomph that the other one does at least on the first cast of it. Yeah, I think they're still good. It's a four-mana six-six. Yeah, four-mana six-six is fucking great. Um, I think these will for sure be at least commanders. I think these are going to be popular in standard. Oh, yeah, for sure. But like like you said, that one, a little underwhelming. The next one is, uh, what? It's disgusting. Oof. This card is nuts. Yeah, so this one is one green-blue, six-six, legendary creature, elder giant. Same text, if it enters the battlefield, sack it, unless it is. And when this one, this is Uro, Titan of Nature's Wrath. Whenever Uro enters the battlefield or attacks, gain three life, draw a card, and then you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. And then the exile cost is green, green, blue, blue, exile five other cards from your graveyard. Um, what? Yeah. Like, yeah. holy shit. This one's real good. What a bunch of text! Like, so, so, so just for three mana. Three mana explore with the additional gain three life. Yeah. And then uh, escape it later on. Not even later I mean, on the next turn. There's a good chance that, yeah, if you have five other cards in your graveyard, this is just like you do this and then the next turn you do, you, you get him. You yeah. get just a big old six, six that when he attacks, you are getting so much value. You're going to throw up. Yeah. The draw a card, I think, is a bit. I don't know what blue green did for wizards, but. All this card draw and just ridiculous cards. Yeah, whatever hand job wizard or wizards got under the table from Semic Mages, like they're getting paid for like tenfold. Yes. Because all of the cards that are coming out in these color combina in this color combination, all of them are fucking good. All of them are busted. Yeah, they are disgustingly good. 
Like Wizards printed Oko, and everybody's like, "Oh no, Oko's too strong. It's too good. Let's ban it in every format." Wizards was like, "Okay, let's ban it in every format. That's fine." And then Wizards behind the scenes is just like, "Oh, you you thought Oko was bad? Uh, well, this fine. is not nearly as bad as Oko. No, it's not. But it is <laughs> the exact same cost as Oko. That they're just like keep shoving one green blue cards that are fucking gross down our throats, and we're just expected to take it. Yeah, like, they keep fucking jamming up. There has to be somebody on the play design team." That is just wet for Simic. Oh, yeah, for sure. They've been fucking pushing it real hard. Yes. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, fucking Christ. Well, um, I think the last card we want to talk about is an artifact. It is Shadow Spear. Yeah, this thing. What the fuck? Yeah, talk about push This is artifacts. another thing. Talk about push yeah. equipment. One mana, legendary artifact equipment. Equips for two. Um, the equipped creature gets plus one, plus one. Has trample and lifelink. And then just casually for one colorless mana, permanence your opponent's control, lose hexproof and indestructible until end of turn. Remember how we said boggles being tier one? Not with this fucker around. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah, because there's just an easy way to make those things killable. (laughs) And it turns out it's just this guy. Yeah, this thing's pretty good. Yeah. And not to mention the fact that you don't even have to use this as an equipment. Like it can legitimately just be a one mana artifact that for one does the ability it doesn't have to yeah. be attached to anything it yep. just exists yep that ability is on the table yeah just imagine a spear laying on the ground that nobody has to be holding it you just have to go up and press a button and it just makes something happen that's that's what we're looking at this is the world we live in where equipments don't even need to be held to do stuff yeah that's that's a design we haven't quite seen yet yeah of just an equipment that just has an innate ability by itself it's like its own spell yeah that's repeatable too yeah which is amazing i'm like genuinely shocked that this doesn't say like if shadow spear is equipped pay one and then do that ability no it just happens like you can just do it yeah i'm surprised that caveat wasn't on as well but it's an interesting design space and they did it on a very fucking disgusting card like this card is wow nuts yeah i'm a big fan of this and it's colorless so like everybody has access to it in commander like if for the for that one commander friend out there that plays that one commander that every single time they fucking play it, they always seem to have lightning or not lightning groups. They always seem to have uh swift boots on it. Well, now swift boots means a lot less. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another commander basically going to go in any deck with creatures, I think. Oh yeah, for sure. And um, in, in the context of the constructed format that this is in losing indestructible to the gods, one flavor win for this card. Cause I'm pretty sure this spear is built to kill gods. Yep. Second of all, Shadow Spear, obviously, yeah. Yeah, in in the game context, this being able to deal with gods might give it, like, legs in Constructed. Yeah, it's possible, for sure. There's going to be a lot of gods running around, which I'm assuming there are. Yeah, depending on the impact of it, um, the impact of the gods, this card could just be, like, an already printed piece of hate for them. Yeah, just toss it in there for free. Yeah, which Wizards doesn't typically do. Usually, they like, printing answers... After something has gone out of control. But this is a nice little thing that if something goes out of control, here's your contingency plan to take care of it before it gets too wild. Yeah, and that's a fucking hell of a way to do it. Hell yeah. All right. Well, that about wraps it up for Theros spoilers. Uh, pretty yeah, good set. So, yeah. I'm um, really looking forward to draft this. And we'll definitely be talking about this as we get the set. And I'm sure our opinions will change of the cards once we get our hands on them. But for now, that's those are the ones that we... Uh, have deemed highlightable. Yeah, I think this will be a good draft set. There's definitely some standard stuff, some commander stuff. I'm not sure about 
um, a lot of other formats, but we'll see. Yes, only time will tell. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe some of these cards could get banned. I mean, fuck, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, they could join the likes of our good friend Oko and our good friend Microsynth Lada and our good so, friend Mohawk Sofal. <laughs> Oko, very clearly a problem. Needed to go. I don't think anyone has an issue. No, Oko was a piece of shit. Oh, also, by the way, we are we have now transferred to the part of the, the section of the podcast where we're talking about the recent modern ban and restricted announcements, which those three cards that I just named are now banned in the modern yes they are so oko's gone no one has a problem with that very obvious reasons why yeah fuck he oko. was an answer win condition general dickhead yeah the most powerful um, planeswalker ever printed needed to not be in modern yeah um mycosynth lattice um very clearly just made magic not fun it just said um your opponent doesn't get to play magic yeah, and b- banning cards that make modern not fun, or at least like ending the game on the spot for a deck that's already producing a shit ton of mana, it was was probably a very good move. Yeah, that's fine. Um, the one that I did have a problem with was Mox Opal. I don't think it was a problem. I know we've had this conversation before. I don't think it was a problem. See, and I am on the the side of the fence that I thought Mox Opal should have been banned. A good like a good long time ago probably over a year that i was on the boat of mm, this card is probably too fucking good and but they finally did it those fucking those crazy sons of bitches they finally got mox opal the big old boot yep and doing so they killed pretty much every affinity deck affinity deck all those cheerio decks and pure still paladin decks um it it's kind of like blood braid elf um blood braid elf died for death right shaman sins and I think Mox Opal is dying for other sins. See, and I, I disagree with that. I think Mox Opal has always been a problematic card. It's just we are waiting things to get printed that really abuse Mox Opal and then banning those cards, which if we just ban the card just right out the gate, then we don't have to worry about it. Then they can still enjoy the design space of dealing with things that work with artifacts without having the, the, the one thing that accelerates the artifact decks while also just enabling those strategies to just be degenerate versus those strategies still existing but just being a little bit more on pace with the rest of the form see i disagree it's not a pro uh, it's not a problem you get to ramp a little bit faster every other deck ramps with for way more mana see i don't think it, I, when you say every other deck i don't even know what decks you're talking about titan ramps way faster than mox opal lets you yeah but that's a Tron lets deck. you fucking get seven mana. It doesn't matter. Like you should be able deck. to have various things that can make mana. That's artifacts things. Well, but or no, be none able of to those fucking produce mana. None of those decks get multiple mana on turn one. I oh, think no, they just produce twenty mana on turn three. Sorry. Well, yeah, they. I don't think any of them produce twenty mana on turn three. Which also Urza. You get could my fucking point that. where they make stupid. No, Urza could definitely not do. That. Well, if you produce an Urza on turn three. Like, that enables you to just play out more of your artifacts. And then on turn four, it pretty much sets you up for a guaranteed win. No. Yeah, I, that's, I think that's just exactly how the deck works. That's like literally yeah, that's not that deck never, ever, ever on turn four or five. Not once. Oh, I disagree Maybe, with that. Well, you're wrong, so that's I've fine, definitely but... seen it win on turn four. Yeah, definitely not. Because if they just continue to be able to play their free artifacts and just produce oh, mana they're, and cast they're fucking 
tiny artifacts that don't do anything. Yeah, well, you when, when those, those artifacts turn into islands... Or no, or is it fucking who just wins games, or Urza being able to make a fucking... Even before, construct the, before Oka was in. printed, that deck existed and could still combo out early. Yeah, but you needed multiple pieces, which is every fucking combo deck. Yeah, but if you're talking about that deck, like, abusing mana, that a deck, I, I would argue, abused Mox Opal, at least in the mana way, far more than any of the other mana decks because the other mana decks don't get to abuse a large amount of mana until much later in the game where you, where your opponent can actually develop a game plan to deal with it. Nope. Like there was, there at, were times where, Titan. yeah, you can deal with Titan. If giving a few, given a few turns, there are cards that you can put in your deck that deal with Titan before they can go off and kill you. Yeah. Do you know what you can put in to fucking deal with Urza? Path Exile, Dismember, fucking Counterspell. But with Mox Opal, you can still cast other things. Oh my god. I'm never going to agree with you on this. I believe that you are could not be more wrong. I mean, I just, I, I, I just don't think there's ever been a world where Mox Opal was a fair card. That's fine. There are many cards that are not fair. <laughs> sure, I guess so, yeah. We're allowed to have cards that are not fair. There are many cards still in Modern that are not fair and allow you to do broken things. If you don't think Amulet is broken then you're ridiculous if you don't think oh i know i do i think the, the actual fucking card one amulet two is broken which therefore turns the deck where you can play four lands a turn and produce two mana oh no and i'm not i'm not arguing for the fact that amulet like that the card actual amulet should be in the format i think amulet should be banned as well but that, like that should go the way of oko and mox opal and all the other busted cards well in your ideal format you'd be playing everyone would be playing mono white creatures no, that's not true. I don't want to play against Mono White every single round. That would be less fun. Like, I want there to be variants in the format, but I also want it to be a format where if you have, like, some combination of, like, three cards, that it makes your game, like, your game plan, at least for your opponent, almost impossible to work. See, I think they should have just banned Oko and Lattice, and I think that would have been 100% fine, because people are just going to move to the other combo versions of that deck, and you're just going to be... Every round, you would be playing fucking Mono Red, some flavor of Titan, and I don't even think Urza's going to be popular now. Oh, I still think, yeah, I think Urza still definitely has a, a home in Mono. It's not going to be very popular, just because it has a home doesn't mean it didn't I still think it's going to be like a, a, at the top tables. Urza will still exist as a, as a deck. We'll see. Only time will tell. I do think that, that, that Urza is still alive and well. I don't think he's going to. I don't think it was worth that to kill other decks. I mean, I, I do feel bad. Starting for... off with Oko is a great place to start. We've learned before that Wizards makes terrible decisions when it comes to banned and restricted. Occasionally, they make good decisions. Like, Oko was a good decision. Lattice was a good decision. I also do think Mox Opal has been on the watch list for a very long time. And this is just like, they decided to pull the trigger now. Like, I don't think this was a, ha it was a decision made in haste. Like, I think they've been watching the card. And in its current state, they felt like it was time for it to just not be a part of the form. I do feel bad for all the Affinity players. Like, all of the diehard Affinity players that have been playing that deck forever, their deck is significantly hindered now, and that feels really shitty. But, no, it's not hindered. It's no longer viable. There's but a like, massive difference. But, like, we've also had people in the past, like, you played Birthing Pod since pretty much Modern existed, and Birthing Pod got banned. That was one deck. Mox Opal went in multiple decks. I would say they're, but, like, the tier decks. doesn't matter. It literally kills, they killed decks. Like, when they banned KCI... They did the they banned KCI and that killed one deck. Yeah, it didn't sure. kill multiple decks, which that's exactly what banning Opal did. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, like it, it did impact a lot of different decks. I've already seen people. They're like, okay, well, I'm done with modern. Like people were so fucking pissed, and I don't blame them. I mean, I don't think any of those people are actually done. No, I was... like I feel like people are just prone to hyperbole, and people are just be like, well, now I'm done. Now I quit magic, and then no, not magic. They quit in a couple months modern. time, they're just gonna be back on the. Like, if there's one thing that we've learned about magic, is that people just do not merely quit like sep- like formats like magic players really fucking like magic and modern players really like modern like players are going to adapt and players are going to find different decks that they are going to enjoy let's hope so i really d- i really doubt that anybody or that a significant population of magic is just gonna be like well mox up was gone now i have to sell every card that i've ever owned i guarantee go look at the price of them now they're they dropped real hard oh yeah i mean that's what happens to every card when it gets banned from the only formats really played in like it's look at that, splinter uh, twin got banned. well that was only a 20 dollar card yeah it dropped a splinter a, twin like up. four bucks yeah it's still like ten dollars when mox opal was a hundred dollars and now it's um earlier it was at 60 bucks and it was dropping i think that was a separate problem altogether that mox opal was a hundred fucking dollars to begin with they're down to about 50 bucks yeah i don't think a card should ever be like a card like that should ever be a hundred dollars. That's just well, that's wild because to me. it was played in so many decks. That's what I'm getting at. There's, well, I think the printing one issue there was, was more multiple, multiple that played this card. It had more than one printing. Barely. It was printed in a old standard set and it was printed in mastered sets. It was never widely printed. I don't think everything needs to be widely printed. So modern masters scars. Um, it was a judge promo. And it was a masterpiece. Oh, masterpiece are never going to cause a significant drop in anything. And like the same argument can be made for Noble Hierarch, which has seen approximately the same amount of printings. And it's no, still... Pretty, a, there's more than four. I don't know about that. Conflux, Modern Masters, Box Topper, all oh, the box Masters, as a printing. Uh, Judge Promo, RPTQ Promo. But there are more of them around than... I wouldn't say the promos particularly doesn't matter there's more copies of them floating around whether or not it's printed or however you want to define printed there are more copies of and thusly you can on card kingdom hierarchs for ultimate masters are 35 bucks sure but like if i'm saying if they would print those cards more frequently they would not retain that high 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 price that's possible and i think that mox opal could be printed or could have been printed and it would have not yeah, have that, been nice. that has nothing to do with it being banned or not no it definitely does not i disagree with it and no one will ever change my mind of why. Well, all of you Mox, all you Mox Opal fanboys out there, sorry for your loss. But I think Modern's a better place now. And maybe it might be a playable format. Maybe. It might be. Just maybe. All right, let's do our game. <laughs> I'm going to punch you through a phone eventually. Salty Matt is salty. I hope they ban Thalia one day. <laughs> oh, that's not possible and you know it. I hope they do. Thalia's nowhere good enough to be. If Thalia was ever good enough to be banned... I would be like I'd be living in the sun until that happened. That's a format I'm trying to get behind. Folia <laughs> too good must ban. <laughs> so on to our game. Yeah. So we are gonna be playing some accumulated knowledge. So go ahead and explain it. I am asking you this week. Yes, you are asking me. So for those of you who are unfamiliar, accumulated knowledge is the game that we play every week, where uh, we go onto the Scryfall website, hit the random card button, and then whatever card is generated, uh, one of us asks the other. The name of the card. The other person has to give the converted mana cost of the card. If they get it right, they win. And if they don't, uh, they are a loser and they suck. And they should should probably just just go die. So that's going to be me just needing to go die this week. Because I am <laughs> not feeling very confident. 
Well, your first one, if you don't get it, then you should be punched. Well, let's hear it. So I'm just going to give you the, it was your pack one, pick one in the chaos draft. Oh, oh, I don't remember what that is. Wait, was it Wake Thresher? Yes, it was Wake Thresher. Oh, this card won me some games. Wake Thresher is a fucking disgusting card. It is two in a blue. That is correct. That's funny that that was the first card that came up. That is really funny. Yeah, I was like, I don't remember what I picked. And then I was just like, oh, wait, no, I know it was a rare and I know it was blue. And it was definitely a creature. Yes. So the Wake Thresher is, I think I got this. It's two and a blue for a one, one. And then whenever you untap a permanent, Wake Thresher gets a plus one, plus one till the end of turn equal to the number of permanents that you untapped. The second part was overkill. It's just whenever a permanent you control becomes untapped. Wake Thrasher gets plus one, plus one till end of turn. So this counts for yeah, lands, yeah. creatures, everything. Yes. Yeah, that card, I pretty much, I think I kicked Austin's teeth in with like a turn four. I attacked with a like 12-12 Wake Thrasher. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yep, that card just gets out of control real quick. All right, so one for one. Uh, you ready for your next one? Oh, I've never been ready. This one is Concordia Pegasus. Concordia Pegasus. I think this card is from Theros. Do you like to use a hint? Um, I kind of do, but I kind of don't. I think this card was like just a generic, like shitty flyer. I remember this card in Limited because all the Pegasuses are either like like tutus or something that have an ability. But I think this one, because it was from Theros, like the recent Pegasus have abilities. But, like, originally they were just, like, shitty, like, two-twos for, like, or, like, a one-one for, like, two mana or something like that. I'm going to say this guy's a one-one flyer for one and a white. Um, the one-one flyer is wrong. But, yeah, it's a one and a white. Most of the Pegasus are two or three mana. It's just flying one-three. Oh, it's a one-three? Yeah. And it's from for Theros, right? No, RTR. Oh, okay. So I was kind of in the same zone. I'm a year away. Jesus Christ, dude. You're getting all the fucking waffles today. Hey, give me them. Give me them. So you win because you only need three. This one is Wall of Roots. Oh, Wall of Roots. Our good old mana tree. I love that. The Wall of Roots is a one and a green. It is a O4. And you can put a minus O minus one counter on it and add a green to your mana pool, right? Yeah, you can only do it once, but it is an 05, yes. Oh, 05. No, I said, okay. I said 04, it's an 05. Yeah, but you got the one in the green, correct. It's a defender, too, if, if you were wondering. Plant wall specific. Huh. I wonder why it has plant on it. That's kind of weird. That's the errata tech, so it was originally just a wall. Mm. Do you want your last two? Yeah, come on. Fire me off. I want them to be hard. I'm not going to use any hints on them, so I'm just going to fire off whatever comes to mind. All right, uh, Arc Runner. Arc Runner. Uh, uh, one and a red. Wrong. Two what and a red. It? Fuck! Close. 5-1 haste for a two and a red. Beginning your end step, sacrifice. Oh. Hits Horde. Jeez. Uh, you actually might get this one. Tormentor Exarch. Tormentor Exarch. That seems like a Theros card, too. Is that the one, uh, black guy? Is it know. like, is it? I don't know. That's like the Herald of Torment. I'm Fire thinking of off, like the... Boy. I'm thinking of the three black black that makes uh one one cobalt equal to your devotion. Um it's uh one the four and black. Er, black. Uh these are from the Pyrexia cycle, dude. New Pyrexia. The Exarchs, the blue Exarch. Oh. This one this one is the, the red Exarch. So it's three and a red, two, two. When it enters the battlefield, choose one. Target creature gets plus two plus oh until end of turn. 
or target creature gets minus O minus two until end of turn. Oh, so it's the blue, the blue counterpart is a Deceiver Exarch, the one that combos with Twin and Kiki. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was definitely thinking uh, Herald of Torment. The Torment thing threw me off. I was think, definitely thinking Herald of Torment. This is a rare from Theros. I have Theros on the mind. Yeah, the good ones are Deceiver Exarch and Entumor Exarch. What's the Entumor one? Is that the black one? Yeah, return creature to your hand or from graveyard or um, do duress them. Oh, that one does seem pretty good. What is that, two in a block or three in a block? Two black black. They were good in pod. Ooh, yeah, Those that things. seems really good. So I, I like suppose that. you get the shout out for the for the week. Hell yeah. That's our, is that, I think that's the first W of 20, uh, for me, the first W of 2020. Yeah. I'll take it. Starting the year off with a bang. Let's fucking go. All right. So um, our shout out this week, Um, this might be the most famous shout out I think we've ever done. Oh, <laughs> I think maybe. If not, then Wizards was probably more famous. Uh, but our shout out this week, I want to shout out Jerry Thomas. And Jerry's yeah. always been a fucking cool cat. Yeah, Jerry T's where it's at. Yeah, so yeah, if, if you get a chance, go check out uh, Jerry T stream. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Jerry T. But the three or but the E is a three, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, cool. And then so you can find him there. You can find him on YouTube um and you can find him on patreon and all the fun stuff uh so yeah go 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 check out jerry t he's a he's a classic guy yeah jerry t is a very good magic player number one and number two always does exactly what he thinks is correct yes yeah he's number one very yeah he's he's i think he's number one he's a very good guy number two very good magic player and just like yeah. those two things together is yeah double thumbs up for me i'm all into that yeah great dude I give my blessing for that. Oh, we got the blessing, ladies and gentlemen. All right, dude. Well, um, I'll see you this weekend. Yeah, annuals this uh, this weekend. The most wonderful time of the year is finally upon us. Fuck Christmas. Fuck all the other holidays. Our annual tournament is this coming weekend, and I could not be more fucking excited about it. This is the biggest tournament of the year. Bigger than Worlds. Oh, yeah. Like we thought, you thought SCG Columbus was something. You thought Grand Prix or SCG Syracuse a couple months ago was something. That pales in comparison to this yeah, fucking tournament. Are, those aren't shit. No. Yeah, we are playing five rounds of limited in a two-day period. Yeah, five different drafts. Yeah, of five different sets. Yeah, and you guys next week will get uh, that that episode. Oh yeah, next week will be our full tournament report. Of all of the all of the magic and all of the shenanigans that go down at our annual tournament, it is always a fucking blast because it's always just a bunch of close friends that we have known, some new, some old, uh, just getting together and uh, enjoying some some alcoholic adult beverages while playing a whole shitload of Magic: The Gathering. Yeah, it's a hell of a fun time. Fuck yeah! So I will see you Friday. Yeah, I will see you Friday, dude. Fuck yeah. And for all those of you out there, if you are looking to follow the Fetch and Shock podcast on Twitter, you can find us at Fetch underscore Shock. If you want to follow me, Tyler, you can find me at at Basic Land Bin. If you want to follow Matt, he is at It's Bop. I think that about wraps it up, dude. That's a wrap, kid. Like I said, I will see you Friday. And for all those nerds out there, we will see you later next! Peace! It's done.